McDermott here from the Successful Aging Academy, uh, here with another podcast for you. Today, I'm really excited to have with us a registered dietitian, Jason Hunter. Now, uh, a little bit about Jason from his bio here. Uh, Jason is a nationally known weight loss expert. He's been seen on ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, and uh, he positions himself as the man who bridges the gap between what science does and what real-world living does. Uh, which is obviously that's going to be valuable to everyone who's listening to this call. Uh, he's got about 20 years experience and he's seen every type of gimmick, fad diet, miracle pill, or anything that you may have tried in the past. And while these solutions uh, have worked, maybe they do work in the short term, they result in long-term disaster because those type of things can wreak havoc with your metabolism. Um, not only we end up gaining the weight back that you lost, but you gain a whole lot more. So. Right now, he helps individuals strengthen the nutritional foundation so they can live a long and healthy life. Jason, welcome. Thank you for having me, Art. Glad yeah, to be here. I was looking forward to this one. Um, and so everyone out there knows Jason and I have been in a, uh, in a business group together for quite some time now. And um, so I knew as soon as we started talking about supplements and nutrition and all this kind of stuff that you were the guy to get on the line. So, awesome. Yeah, thanks for carving out some time. I appreciate it. Um, first of all, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to clarify for people, because I don't think a lot of people know this. What is the difference? I know it varies state to state. What is the difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist? That's a good question, because a lot of people do ask that. Um, so a nutritionist is someone that can, you know, take a, a certification usually through, like, American Council on Exercise or National Strength and Conditioning Association and different other organizations that are uh, in the health and wellness industry from a certification standpoint. Those are nutritionists where you can get certified as a nutritionist, be able to teach basic nutrition uh, principles, things like that, where a dietitian, once you complete a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, you actually have to apply for an internship. And those are actually tough to come by because there's not, it's not like every hospital offers them. So like here just in the St. Louis, Missouri area, there's only three areas or three uh, organizations that actually offer an internship uh, for dietetics. So it's very competitive. You have to, it's very stressful, mind you, <laughs> as, as you're trying to graduate college as well as wondering if you're going to get an internship or not. <laughs> There's a lot of prep work to it, a lot of uh, nail-biting. Uh, but once you get that internship, you then work usually in a hospital setting for anywhere from 9 to 12 months, depending on what type of internship you have. And then once you successfully complete that, you are then able to actually sign up and register for a national uh, dietetics exam. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think that was... In the state of Massachusetts, where I am, I, I'm a certified nutritionist, and I know that the main difference here is all of the training that you just described, plus you're licensed with the state, and so then you can uh, your services are covered by insurance, and you pres can prescribe meal plans. I mean, it's just a higher level of correct. Like I can then prescribe for health issues, right? Someone that has diabetes or renal failure, things like that, right? From a clinical setting. I'm not qualified from a knowledge standpoint to be able to help them from a nutrition side of things, where a nutritionist or a certified nutritionist is not allowed to pretty much handle anything disease-related. 
Gotcha. And then that's usually in most states like that. Right, right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I'm sure that uh, that makes a difference for a lot of people out there. Uh, what I'd like to do today is specifically kind of dial in on supplements because it's such a controversial area. Um, some people, I actually, a while back, this was several years back when I had my own facility, I would publish a lot of articles and try to help people with uh, supplementation, things like that. And there was a local trainer and she actually, I forget her name now actually, but she actually, her big thing on her site was like, if any trainer talks to you about supplements, you should run the other direction. That's horrible. Nobody should be taking supplements. And like, well, that's a little extreme. Um, I, I strongly disagree with that. I mean, there's just way too much evidence to the contrary. So, uh, and I think, I suspect it was a matter of somebody who maybe didn't know a lot about supplements. So it's a lot easier to just, uh, try to scare people away from the topic. Um, but you know, that being said, it, it is a kind of a, a controversial topic to say the least. There are a lot of companies out there who do not have good reputations and they produce stuff and make claims that uh, simply are, are flat out lies. And you'll every once in a while see something in the news, the FDA coming down on somebody and making them, uh, you know, pay a fine or, or pull ads or things like that. So um, it, from your perspective, then, why do you think people should be or what is the justification for taking supplements at all? Well, and you, you mentioned, you know, supplements have gotten a bad name over the years because there are some what I would call shady people, right, uh, that are making claims that they shouldn't be making or uh, miracle claims, disease claims, things like that, which are big, big no-nos with the FTC and FDA and all that type of stuff. But the reality of it is, and this is what I teach, you want to try to make what I call your nutritional foundation as strong as possible. And that's for overall health, reaching your goals, helping prevent illnesses and disease, things like that, right? You know, healthy heart, all those types of things. The problem with building a solid nutritional foundation is reality sucks. And I, when I say that is because life gets in the way, right? We know we're supposed to be eating six to eight servings of different colored fruits and vegetables every day. Yet, maybe 1% of the population actually does it. We know we're supposed to be eating three to five servings of cold water fish like salmon so that we can get all those essential fatty acids and omega-3 fats in because there's thousands of research studies that say it helps us from a, um, improving our health standpoint. Reality is 1% maybe gets that in, right? So you're going to have what I call weak spots in your foundation. And... If you look at a house, right, you build a house, you build a foundation, if there's a weak spot in that foundation, you have to provide some type of supplement or solution to make that weak spot stronger, whether it's add more concrete, put more rebar in it, putting some bracing on it, right? You are supplementing something to make that foundation stronger. And when you look at your nutrition in that way, that's where supplementation comes into play. So the reason we started this company was – because there was a lot of misinformation out there, there was a lot of people saying, do I take supplements? Don't I? Which one should I take? Why? And me as a dietitian with, you know, my approach being food first and having that solid nutritional foundation, I saw that there was a need for my expertise to be able to educate the consumer as well as even fitness professionals and trainers on how to establish that solid nutritional foundation but understand that there 
are going to be weak spots in that foundation where you can use smart supplementation to make that foundation stronger. And that's essentially what supplements are there for. They're there to, you get your nutrition foundation as strong as you can through food, but then you analyze and go, okay, where are my weak spots that I just know I'm not going to make stronger? And like I mentioned earlier, vegetables and then cold water fish like salmon are two very, very common areas that most people have weak spots in. That's where that smart supplementation comes into play because now you're making your body healthier through strategic supplementation. Right, right, and that's that's a lot of what um, when I get questions on supplements, I something something along the similar wording as that is that a lot of it now. And tell me how how true this is. What I find is, and I've read quite a bit on this, is that the the actual food itself, for example, a salad that we eat today, unless it's specifically grown in a specific way, is not the same salad as it was in the seventies. Uh, that's the things that I've read. I know the, the soil is different. It's kind of played out and things like that. Do you feel like there's any truth to the statement that the food itself, the quality of the food itself, has maybe changed over the decades? Uh, yes and no. So when you're looking at natural, what I would call more homegrown type foods, right, not meaning that you have to grow it yourself, but fruits and vegetables and things like that, yes, there there's some truth to if the farmers aren't tending to their crops properly, right, and making sure that they're doing crop rotation and things like that, the nutrients can get depleted in that soil. The thing of that is, though, if you are a farmer and you're trying to grow a crop and make the most money from that crop, it's in your best interest to try to make that soil as healthy as possible. So while it's hard to know where your lettuce exactly came from, which field, right, and which farmer's actually doing it, then that's where I see there's some possible truth to you may get um, some fruits and vegetables and things like that that just probably aren't as full of the nutrients as they were back in the 70s because of some people, what I would call over farming. Um, but the bigger thing is the processed foods and the convenience foods. That's where we have the biggest issue in regards to our health or our, our, our nutrition becoming less healthy because we are opting for, instead of those what I would call natural homegrown type foods, we're, we're opting for these convenience foods that are full of preservatives and other things that are stripped of the vitamins and minerals because they have to sit on a shelf for five months, right? Yeah. Um, that's where I see the bigger issue in regards to our overall nutritional intake and the health of it. Okay. Yeah, good. I mean, I heard arguments on both sides, but I uh, was really curious as to the final kind of kind of final call on that one. Um, now, as you know, Jason, the primary audience for this podcast are folks 45 to 65 years of age, and I like I want to be able to help them in most ways possible because I think the the issue is really where you know <laughs> when the doctor will tell you, well, you get all these you know minerals and vitamins that you need from eating a healthy diet. And my argument is, well, nobody, like you said, nobody eats a healthy diet. It's not possible. So, what would you see as the primary concern from a supplementation food intake point of view for people in my specific demographic? 
it would really be um, a balanced um, nutritional intake. So what I see a lot with uh, those that are, you know, a little older up there in years, they may be retired, they may not, but you, you tend to get into the routine, right? You get into these habits that are just easy. And that many times can lead you down that path of the same foods over and over, which now becomes, you know, you start to become deficient in other nutrients and minerals. There's many times I will sit down with someone and I'll be like, okay, well, and I see you're not eating lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, do you not like vegetables? No, I love them. Okay, well, are you not eating any of them? Yeah, I guess, you know, I just, I just, it's just, it's routine or it's easy or, you know, we don't take the time to slow down and think about what we can make to give ourselves a balanced diet or balanced nutritional intake. So the biggest thing is it's, it's not even, you know, some people say, oh, people are just lazy. And I don't think that's true. I think we just become complacent and comfortable with what we're doing. And it just becomes this habit or routine after that where we just subconsciously don't even attempt to think, hmm, what can I make for dinner tonight that would be healthy and nutrition and actually taste good? We just don't do that anymore, right? And yeah. obviously, the, as the years go by, that type of pattern gets larger and larger. Right. It's, it's interesting because that statement right there, that uh, argument, goes right to the core of what we're doing. A big part of what I do is try to, I guess, you know, wake people up and break them out of these rote behaviors that we fall into every single day. I've heard it phrased like we tend to eat the same amount of food cook the same way, in the same amounts, all the time, week in and week out, with very little variety. And, of course, that leads to exactly what you just described. And breaking that pattern is, is hard because it's such a deeply ingrained behavior for a lot of people. Well, and like they say, you know, to, to form a new habit takes, like, what, 21 days or something like that, right? Well, it can sometimes take, take that long to even break a habit. So it, you have to have a little bit of uh, self-discipline if you truly want to improve your health, it's yep. just not going to happen on its own. Right. Right. Now, do you um, think I know that uh, the, one of the reasons that actually we'll be working together is because you actually have a product in your product line. And I'm not going to turn this into a sales call, but um, I really was fascinated by the product specifically targeting um, or benefiting uh, you know, the boomer generation, the 45 to 65 crowd. Um can you tell me then what what would that a product like that consist of, and why would you put those particular ingredients in there? Well, we actually have um, not just one, but I would say two products that really fall in line with the boomer generation. And the first one is really what we call we call it Rejuvenator Six X, but it's it's an antioxidant type formula. So as we age our body really starts to produce what's called free radicals. And I'm not going to try to get real technical here. It's about as deep as I'm going to go on that one. But essentially, these free radicals, as research has shown, can contribute to a lot of health issues and diseases and things like that because it's uh, creating kind of like it's there's things that can eat at you or stop things from working properly and things like that. Well, if you have a high antioxidant intake, 
you actually squash those free radicals so that that body doesn't start to develop more cholesterol in the arteries or potentially fuel cancer, future cancer cells or precancer cells, things like that. So from that standpoint, we work on trying to provide those missing nutrients we're not getting through food from an antioxidant standpoint to allow our body to still function properly and not have to try to fight off essentially these invaders. So they call free radicals kind of like invaders or, you know, those cells that invade the body. They usually cause damage to the body is what happens. So if we can stop that from happening, then our kidneys can still work fine. Our liver works fine. Everything kind of works normal at that point without having to try to fight off these well, invaders, these foreign invaders that are trying to harm our body. Gotcha. So we have that product, but then another one that's actually in research is just abundant on this one even, and it's really for all ages, but it's krill oil. Yep. Krill oil contains EPA and DHA, and from a heart standpoint, you probably couldn't have, if I had to say what one supplement should not only the boomer generation take, but pretty much people of any age, it would be krill oil. And the reason is there's just numerous, numerous health benefits. But getting back to the boomer side of it, it really helps to lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol, improve endothelial function, which is actually some muscle that surrounds your heart and is involved in how your heart actually works, right? If you have uh, endothelial dysfunction, your heart is not very healthy. So it actually can help improve that. There's been studies done on that so that essentially you truly have a healthier heart. Um, you know, it beats stronger. It works more efficiently. It's not so stressed. And as you get into that boomer age, hearts, you know, that that's a big topic. A lot of people have bypass surgeries or have strokes and heart attacks. And, you know, you're just naturally at a higher risk for that. So the healthier you can make your heart and how it works in regarding the blood pressure and how clean the arteries are with cholesterol, all those types of things, the healthier you're going to be, the less risk you're going to be for any significant uh, health issues down the road. Right. Okay. I know I know the blood pressure is a huge concern. The more I'm reading about the conditions in, you know, in this age group, it, blood pressure is the big one. I mean, that's that's, yes. the, that's the top of everyone's list. So, and I've heard so many good things about krill oil over the years as well, taking it myself and things like that. It's it's kind of like, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's I've heard it described as kind of like regular fish oil, you know, but uh, you know, just like jacked up. Take take fish oil and make it, you know, ten times more efficient or better, and that's what krill oil is. You know, like well, you hit it right there efficiently. So. The reason krill oil is more efficient in regards to the effectiveness is it isn't a phospholipid solution, which the body is able to extract those that EPA and DHA, those omega-3 fats, more easily than it can in a triglyceride solution, which fish oil uh, sits in. So you're, it's more bioavailable is essentially what you're looking for, right? Your body's able to utilize it more, not as much gets wasted, as well as phospholipids are one of the few things that can actually cross the blood-brain barrier. So now you have 
a lot of brain health, especially with the DHA. Again, easier to get into the brain, so now your brain can benefit from that DHA, essential fatty acid, more so than it can with the DHA that's in a fish oil. Because, again, if that's in a triglyceride solution, it doesn't really cross that blood-brain barrier. It has to be converted. There's always some loss when things get converted in the body and so forth. So it's just a much more, like you said, efficient way to get in those uh, omega-3 fats, which means your body can utilize them more, right? You get more benefit out of them. Which is a perfect lead-in, actually, for – I'll I'll get a couple more questions for you before I let you go. One of them – was on, you know, this age group is brain health. I mean, it's such an important thing. Obviously, everyone knows about blood pressure and those kind of more physical things, but when you start to get into cognition, you know, your brain health and keeping that healthy, obviously there's a concern of virtually everyone in this age group of, you know, dementia and things like Alzheimer's. And do you see any research out there now pointing to some valuable stuff. I mean, I read a lot about, you know, you know curcumin and turmeric, you know, derivative, turmeric derivative is there as being very effective. What, what What's the real scoop on kind of brain health and what people can do about that? Well, you know, it really comes down to that healthy diet, right? So the curcumin, uh, the krill oil, the omega-3 fats, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, are definitely very beneficial with that. You know, Outside the nutrition side, you know, so again, that that goes into that healthy diet part, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to sit there and clog your body with a bunch of unhealthy fats or sugars that are going to cause uh, problems in regards to enzymes and other things being able to, to move through the body freely and get to the brain and so forth. But really, if you look outside the nutrition part, it's it's stimulating the mental side of your body, right? You have a physical activity, right, that stimulates the physical part of the body. You also need to stimulate the mental side. And that can be done many different ways. I mean, that's why you see a lot of what they call these brain teasers, right, or brain boosters from a crossword puzzle type thing or questions and whatnot. But staying mentally active like that as well as physically active are two things that I would say you combine with that healthy diet to give you the best chance for – overall brain health right and, and, okay. uh, you mentioned oh sorry well, you mentioned about the curcumin and things like that that's again where that nutritional foundation comes into play right you're probably not going to get curcumin in adequate dosages through food alone same reason why we don't get in the fish right which means we're not getting in that dha and epa hence where krill oil as a smart strategic supplement comes into play gotcha okay Makes sense. That makes sense. Now, to wrap it up, one final question. Um, then you can, you know, use yourself as an example, anything you want. What would be your go-to list of supplements for the general population? That is stuff across the board. Now, we've already talked about antioxidants uh, and then krill oil. Is there something else that you would list on your go-to uh, list of supplements for the general population? Yeah, like I said, obviously the krill oil would be one that if I said, you know, one, everyone should be taken, right? Uh, because we just don't get enough of it and the research is abundant saying we need more of that EPA and DHA. The other one would be a whole food-based multivitamin for the simple fact of we don't come anywhere close to eating a variety of different colored fruits and vegetables every day, which means we're, we are deficient in our vitamin mineral intake. Partially because, like what we talked about earlier, 
we get into these habits of the same foods, right? Many times it's processed foods that are void of those vitamins and minerals. Um, or we eat just green beans only, right? So we're not getting the vitamins and minerals from carrots and red vegetables like green pepper or, you know, things or red pepper and things like that, right? It's right. part of our own complacency that causes to have those consistent weaknesses in our foundation, our nutritional foundation. Okay. So you got krill oil, you've got the uh, antioxidants, you've got a good, and you said whole food-based multivitamin. Correct. Yep. Is there anything else you'd put in there, or is that going to cover most of the bases for people? Uh, that For most people, that's going to cover uh, that you know tr nutritional foundation standpoint. From there, you kind of get into more specialty stuff, which is where you know someone that's qualified to look at someone's nutritional intake can say, okay, well, you're not really eating any meat, so you're really low on protein. Maybe that's where a protein supplement comes into play, right? But again, as far as general population and the what you would say broad spectrum uh, that would cover most of those weaknesses in that nutritional foundation, it would be those three. Okay, great. That's good to know. I'm sure that will clarify a lot of the uh, this, the uh, misinformation and all the stuff in the media. They love hyping things up and you know, this, this week is, this supplement is, is going to save your life and the next week it doesn't. And, you know, I, I was just hoping to give everyone a real simple overview of what they should focus on without getting, you know, too crazy over the top. So thank you for, for clearing that up for everyone. That was my pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's, uh, that's about all the time we have for today. We're coming up on that, uh, that 30 minute mark. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up there. But Jason, really appreciate the time and the insights. I want to thank you uh, again from the Successful Aging Academy for uh, carving out the time today. Well, thank you for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you later, everyone.